Welcome to the Hillside Baptist Chapel's weekly podcast. Please listen as Dr. Steve Wood, pastor, teaches from God's Word. Contact information is as follows. Dr. Steve Wood, pastor, phone or message at 6438-6541, email at steverwood002 at gmail.com. Prayer requests can be sent directly to hbcprayerlist2020 at gmail.com. everyone. Ken, you don't need to sit down. (laughs) Ask Ken to lead us in our opening prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for the time to come and be in your presence, Father. I pray that you bless each one of us, Father God, as we worship you in song and in word. And let uh, the message that the pastor brings enlighten us in whatever it is that you would have for us to know. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We are thankful that you're able to be with us this morning. And uh, uh, 
I don't think we've got any special announcements. Uh, but uh, we're going to have some prayer concerns. And uh, so, pray if you would come and let us know about those. Good morning, everyone. Uh, good morning. Newman Jones has been on a prayer list for a couple weeks now. He's in, uh, he's in a bad way. He's got digital heart failure. Uh, it doesn't look good. Uh, he's at home right now and he's waiting to pass. So uh, please pray for him and his family as they're going through this ordeal. Um, also, I heard that Betty Gray, her son Bruce, has some kind of a GI cancer that uh, they found out. So I don't know his situation. He's in the, I believe he's in the United States right now. Yes, he is. But I don't know if what's going to happen or what they're going to do with that. So. Uh, Please pray about that. Uh, also, I have my, my granddaughter, which is Addison. She's, uh, she's 12. She's going on her first um, mission trip tomorrow. Oh, great. So start them young. So uh, <laughs> I'm really, I'm, and just pray for that group. There's going to be about 30, about 30 kids. They're going to come from Missouri. They're going to go to down to Tennessee, and they're going to do some, uh, some fellowship with the local churches there, and then they're going to work her up on the community. And I, I just hope God opens their eyes to, the, to all these kids and just keep them safe. Mm. That's all I have. Thank you. All right. Uh, Betty's going to be traveling back to the United States as well. And uh, so uh, we need to remember her as she travels. We'll let you know when. Uh, I don't think she knew whatever day it was that we were uh, hearing from her what day she was going to be going back but uh, uh, her son is really uh, really ill and uh, so uh, she's real concerned about him and uh, we're prayerful hopeful that they will be able to get this cancer under control all right any other prayer concerns this morning if not uh, join with us as we continue our singing Seek ye first. Let's stand.
This morning we're going to be looking at a passage of scripture from 1 John chapter 1. 1 John chapter 1, if you would like to turn with us and be ready to read that with us when we read it in just a moment. 1 John chapter 1, and uh, we'll begin reading with the fifth verse in just a moment. God's help for the hurting heart. As we think about that subject, all of us hurt at one time or another, don't we? All of us have problems from time to time. And it may not sound like it as I read these verses, but this is God's answer for the hurting heart. Listen to what he says here, beginning with verse 5, 1 John chapter 1. Now this is the message we have heard from Him and declare to you, God is light and there is absolutely no darkness in Him. If we say we have fellowship with Him, yet we walk in darkness, we are lying and are not practicing the truth. But if we walk in the light as He Himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another And the blood of Jesus, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we're deceiving ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we don't have any sin, we make Him a liar, and His word is not in us. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you today for the words that you've given in your scriptures that will help us in our lives and the situations that we find ourselves in. Words that will encourage, words that are there to uplift, words that are there to promote and encourage. And Father, I pray today that you would help us, that we would look to you and that we would understand what you're telling us and that we would be instruments in your hands, that we would be individuals that would respond to the things that you're telling us and we'll be about your business. We pray that your blessings would be upon our church and that we might be able to reach out to many, many more people and we would see your church grow And we would see individuals grow in their individual lives for you. And again, Father, we pray your blessings upon this service this morning. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Let me give you a little story here this morning. Years ago, Wanda and I used to get into squabbles on our way to church. Almost every Sunday morning. Maybe it was the stress of getting two small children ready to go to church. It was that long ago. Maybe it was the devil just attacking us at a time that we wanted to be in tune with what God wanted in our lives and we wanted to be ready to worship when we got to God's house. I think that was part of it, don't you? Of course, that's not the only time that we argued, but it seems like that 
that was one of the premier times when we were getting into squabbles with one another. But you know, just as soon as we got to church and we opened the car door, we would put on that smiley face and we would greet people and nothing was wrong in our lives at all. You know what I'm talking about. I think that many people today, as they come into God's house, put on their smiley face. And they don't show their real feelings that are on the inside. Now I'm happy to report that Wanda and I don't fuss much on the way to church anymore. In fact, I don't think we did at all this morning, did we Wanda? <laughs> I drove too fast. <laughs> one estimate that I read recently said that one third of us are hurting at any given time. A third of us here this morning are probably hurting. Now if you aren't one of them today, just hold on. You probably will be. Sometime. Our key verse today, notice if you will, if we walk in the light, that's verse 7, as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus his Son cleanses us from all sin. Why do people hurt? Why are people hurting this morning? We're going to look at that a little bit today. Sometimes we hurt from just the grind of life. Just what's going on around us. Sometimes we're sick, physically sick. Maybe our spouse, our husband or our wife, our children or our parents. And it may be one of those times when our loved one is ill and we can't do anything about it. You've been there, haven't you? I have too. You feel helpless. And that helplessness hurts. So sometimes we hurt from just the way life is. We can also hurt from grief. You know, most of the people in our congregation have gone through the loss of a loved one not too long ago. And we grieve, don't we? And sometimes as our loved one passes, we're not able to be there. You know, when we were locked up in COVID, 
And we couldn't even travel, could we? And people were dying sometimes in the United States. Sometimes it was from COVID, but sometimes it was from other causes. And I know I've talked with several individuals who had lost loved ones during that period of time and they couldn't get back home. They couldn't go back to the United States. And that hurt, didn't it? Some of us have been through other grief. The loss of trust, the death of relationships. That's also hurtful, isn't it? And we can hurt from guilt. Sometimes it's, it's our sin that's caused the problems in our lives and we're guilty before God and, and we're hurting before God and, and we know that we need His forgiveness. In 2 Corinthians chapter 7, it tells us that there's such a thing as godly sorrow. This is sorrow that's brought on as we have sinned. And we need to confess that sin. We need to get back right with God. We need to do what God wants us to do. And the Apostle Paul tells us here that godly sorrow is a good thing. Why? Because it brings us to the place of repentance. Turning back from the sin that we've committed and getting back right with God. Psalm 34, verse 18 says this. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted. He saves those crushed in spirit. Now whatever it is that's causing our hurt, our pain, our sorrow, God is there for us, right? We just need to turn to Him. We need to ask for His help. as we read the verses of Scripture that we read this morning, one of the things that God does to help us in our times of problems is give us fellowship. Notice the key verse that I read a moment ago again. Verse 7. One of the best things about Christianity is fellowship. Now, if I talk about fellowship, especially in a Baptist church, you know what we think of? Food, right? Eating. <laughs> but that's not the only kind of fellowship there is. That is, I know, I wish we could have more fellowships like that, don't you? And hopefully one of these days we will be able to. But what is fellowship? One person said, and you probably heard this before, that fellowship is two fellows in a ship. You've heard that. Ed Wood, no relation to me, gave this explanation of fellowship. He said it's having something in common with others, meaning partnership, community, 
participation. Fellowship. Fellowship is described as mutual sharing. Whether it's sharing our lives, our hearts, our possessions, or even our tears. Doesn't the Bible tell us to weep with those who weep? You know, when people are going through struggles and trials and problems in life and and there's physical tears or, or maybe not, but we need to be there to walk beside them. And we need to cry with them as we help them in their struggle. This is the kind of fellowship God wants us to have with one another. In the first verse of 1 John, we didn't read that a moment ago, but if you would look back at that, he calls Jesus the word of life. The word of life. Christians get to have fellowship not only with one another, not only with their brothers and sisters in Christ, but we also get to have fellowship with the word of life. With Jesus. Even better, we get to I say it's better, maybe not better, but it is good that we're able to have fellowship with the Father as well. With God the Father, as well as Jesus Christ. Part of the blessings is giving and getting the help that we need. Giving and getting the help that we need in our struggles in our times of need. God helps hurting hearts through the fellowship that we have with each other and with God. All of us are going to hurt from time to time and so God wants us all to get that help that we need. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 verses 3 and 4 he says this, he comforts us in all our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any kind of affliction through the comfort we ourselves receive from God. God comforts us. But He doesn't just comfort us so that we can be comfortable he comforts us so that we can be a comfort to others. We need to comfort one another. We need to help one another. And this is God's plan. This is God's pattern. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 21 and 22, the Apostle Paul wrote these words. Tachachus, our dearly loved brother and faithful servant of the Lord, will tell you all the news about me so that you may be informed. I am sending him to you for this very reason, to let you know we, how we are and to encourage your hearts. The best human help that we can ever give or get is by 
being the kind of individual that Tychicus was. That's why God wants us to help one another, be with one another, encourage one another. Back during the Vietnam War, an individual by the name of Jim Stockdale, some of you have read about him, I know, was a prisoner of war in Vietnam. And he relates being tortured over and over again, he wrote, through the pain, through the tears, he could hear his fellow prisoners tapping in Morse code, God bless you, Jim Stockdale. God bless you, Jim Stockdale. God bless you, Jim Stockdale. Over and over and over again. He said that that's why he was able to get through the torture, the pain, as he was being persecuted. Partly because of his Christian faith, but mainly just because he was an American. God can use us to help other people when they're going through trouble and pain and problems hopefully not near as bad as what Jim Stockdale was going through, but whatever problems others are having, we can be there to uplift them. We can be there to support them. We can be there to encourage them. And that's what God is talking about here. Best of all, if we believe in Jesus Christ, if we've trusted Him as our personal Savior, we can have fellowship with Him during that time of trouble and trial. And Stockdale related that as well. He was a believer. He had trusted Jesus Christ as His personal Savior. And he says in all of his trials and all of his problems there in Vietnam, he knew the Lord was with him. And He was helping him. John here states, if we walk in the light, we can only have that kind of fellowship with our Savior as we walk in the light. As we are doing the things that God wants us to do. Serving Him the way we need to serve Him. John used here in the book of 1 John four different verbs to describe that God-man, Jesus Christ, and how he came to know him. Now he walked with him all during his earthly ministry. The three and a half years that he was here ministering, preaching, teaching, and doing all the other things that he did, John was there, wasn't he? He was one of the closest disciples. But in verse 5 that we read just a moment ago, John used the word heard. They 
heard him with a year. They heard his words. They heard him speak. They heard what he had to say. The word of life gave his words on different occasions. Let's notice some of them. One of the things that John probably remembered was the Sermon on the Mount. He wrote about it. And so as Jesus preached, the voice taught about God's authority. He heard people hear from him that their sins could be forgiven. They heard the good news that Jesus had to bring. We're not going to go through the Sermon on the Mount, but as you read that, think about hearing his voice as John heard his voice. And then in Mark 4.39, Jesus and his disciples were all out on the Sea of Galilee and a storm came up. You remember, Jesus was asleep when the storm first started. And so, one of the disciples, we don't know which one, it was probably not John, but it could have been, went in and woke him up and said, Master, do you not care that we perish? <laughs> they thought they were going to die in that storm. I don't know whether you've ever been in a fierce storm like that and thought, oh, I'm, I'm going to die, I'm going to lose my life. Well, that's the way the disciples were here in that particular instant. In that ship, in that boat, they thought they were going to drown. And then Jesus, as he awoke, rebuked the winds and the wave. And he said, silence, be still. And the Bible says the wind ceased and there was a great calm. Now I've been in some storms on the sea and when the storm ends the waves don't stop, do they? They go on for a good long period of time even after the wind has stopped blowing. But not that day. And I think this is the thing the, most of these individuals there were experienced fishermen. They've been out in boats many times. They've been in storms in the past. And they knew that when a storm stopped, it didn't just get completely still and quiet and the sea be placid. But it did that time. They heard him speak. And then John witnessed many miracles Jesus performed. And he had seen him arrested. He had seen him crucified and he had seen the empty tomb so not only did John hear Jesus but he saw him he followed him with his eyes and he was able to look upon him 
in verse 1 again of this particular passage of scripture he says what we have observed they already had seen or uh, said he had seen Jesus but what we have observed this word observed means more than just looking at something it's to stare intently to study it to comprehend what it means and this is how he had looked at Jesus as he had come forth from the grave and he was alive John had not only looked at Jesus but he had stared intently at him and he wanted to know this was really truly Jesus it wasn't a figment of his imagination it wasn't something that he was thinking that was happening but it was real Jesus had come forth from the grave can't you imagine the disciples as, as all of them as they saw Jesus alive and they questioned their own eyesight can this really be and then they were assured that yes this is Jesus and then he says one other thing he has handled the word of life that means to feel it that means to take hold of it with our own hands don't you think that that John had took Jesus by the hand after his resurrection I'm talking about as they walked together as they talked together he had hugged the Lord and he had handled Jesus John had had close fellowship with the son as I said a moment ago he was one of the closest disciples he and Peter and Andrew they had all been in the inner circle so to speak and you remember that they had went with him up on the Mount of Transfiguration I think we need to remember that as well as Jesus was transfigured he was transformed before them and they were able to see his glory before he actually went back into glory and took on his previous glory that he had had with the Father prior to him coming to this earth. Notice verses 5 through 7 again where he says, If we say, I'm sorry. Now this is the message we have heard from him and declare to you God is light and there is absolutely no darkness in him. Yet we walk in darkness if we uh, and we are lying if we're not practicing the truth. 
But if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. You see, the blood that Jesus shed on the cross, first of all, it cleanses us when we trust in him as our personal Savior. But it continually cleanses us as we live as we ask for forgiveness. And that's a comfort to us to know as we come to Him and we ask Him to forgive us, He does. And we can have the peace that passes understanding when we do that. If we believe in the crucifixion and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and if we receive Him as our Lord and our Savior. And when we have placed our faith and trust in Him, at that moment, we're cleansed from our sins. We're born again into the family of God. And then we can have fellowship with God. And that fellowship is an encouragement that we need as we go through problems, as we go through trials, as things don't work out like we want them to, as we have all kinds of difficulty living in this life. Fellowship with Him is one of the things that is a great help in our lives. I think one of the best pictures we have in the Scriptures of the Heavenly Father's love is found in Luke chapter 15. This is the story of the prodigal son, you remember. Remember the selfish son demanded his inheritance before it was due, before it was time for him to receive his inheritance. But the Father gave him his inheritance and this son goes off and live the worst kind of life, remember? And lost everything. All of his inheritance was gone. And he was down to nothing. Even considering eating the food that the hogs had to eat. One of the worst jobs for a Jewish young man, right? Feeding pigs. But that's what he ended up doing. And he began to think. You know, back home, even my father's servants have all the food they need to eat. They're not living a hard life. I'm going to go back to my father and I'm going to ask him just to make me a hard servant. Well, the story goes on to tell us that the father loved the son that had left and he continued to look for him. Continued to think about him returning. And one day, as this son decided to come back home, 
his father saw him a long way off and ran to meet him. You remember what the son said? He said, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. And I'm no longer worth being called your son. But just make me like one of your hard servants. Is that what the father did? No. He said, quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet and kill the calf that we've been fattening in the pen that we can celebrate with a feast. For this son of mine was dead and is now returned to life. He was lost, but now is found. That's reading from... A different version I can't see where it is right now but anyway <laughs> the New Living Translation is what that's from but anyway we get the story don't we we understand what was going on the father was anxious for the son to return that's the kind of love God has for us isn't it he wants us to come to Him. He wants us to ask forgiveness. He wants us to get our lives right with Him. And the Bible tells us that if we will come to Him, He'll forgive us. He'll cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Notice the Bible tells us here that God is faithful. That means that we can always count on His promises. Whatever promises God has made, He's going to fulfill those promises. And we can think of many promises. But one of the main that we're thinking about today is His forgiveness of us as we come to Him in repentance and faith. Notice the Bible says that He's not only faithful, but He's also righteous. This means that God had to do something about our sins. We can't go to heaven as a sinner. Only those that have been forgiven of their sins, only those that have been cleansed of their sins, can enter in that narrow gate that enters into life. And our cleansing only comes through what Jesus has done on the cross. And if you've never experienced that today, I encourage you this morning to think about your need for that cleansing. Bob Russell was a pastor in Louisville, Kentucky. And he and his family one time were on a trip driving through Pennsylvania. And they had a car wreck. His wife was hurt seriously. She was in the hospital for two weeks recovering from her injuries. And he says this. 
He said, we were stuck in a hospital 400 miles from home, didn't know the personnel in the hospital, and felt really frustrated. And then Dr. Russell Samay from our church flew up in a medical plane and took me and my wife back to Louisville where we could be around people that we knew and a staff in the hospital that we had known. And he said that he was so grateful to this physician for his care, him coming to pick them up. And he said, Russ, I want to pay the plane fare, whatever it costs for you to come up and, and get us. And here's what the doctor said. Bob, believe me, you can't afford it. <laughs> he said, I did some investigation. And Rob was telling the truth. <laughs> I couldn't afford it. <laughs> but then he makes a spiritual application of that. He said, I'm going to tell you the truth. You can't afford eternal life. You can't afford it. Heaven is the dwelling place of God and a place of perfection. And we have forfeited our right to heaven when we sinned. Now who sinned? Well, the Bible says, for all have sinned and fallen short of God's mark of what God wants us to be, right? He wants us to be perfect, right? And because of our sins, we can't enter heaven. But just like this physician purchasing the price of the plane to come and get his pastor, Jesus purchased the price of our forgiveness. And it's only through Him that we can have deliverance and be able to go into heaven. We can't earn it. It only comes by God's forgiveness. We don't deserve it. But the good news is that, that Jesus has paid the price and given the gift of eternal life to all that would receive it. And He wants to forgive us of our sins. He wants us to be cleansed from all unrighteousness. And He'll give us a fresh start. Lamentation chapter 3 verses 22 and 23 says, Because the Lord's faithful love we do not perish. For His mercy never ends. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. You see, God loves to give a fresh start in life. He loves to give forgiveness of sin. There's another great example of this truth in the Scriptures. It's the cleansing we see in verse 9 where it says, if we confess our sins, 
He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I hope you're not hurting this morning. But if you are, I hope you're able to see that you can get help for that hurt, for that pain, for what you're going through. God wants to give you His fellowship. But first of all, He wants to give you His forgiveness. Let the Lord meet your need. And He will. Father, we thank You today that we have the privilege of calling You our Father. And we have the privilege of fellowshipping with You and Your Son, Jesus Christ. And if there are any here today that have never experienced Your forgiveness, never known eternal life, I pray today would be the day that they turn from their sins and receive Your Son as their personal Savior. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. As we stand together, this last song is called Just Jesus. You probably never heard it. I had never heard it before. I don't ask you to sing it. Just listen. Of course, if you know it, you can join in. But just listen to the words that are in this song. Please.
Dale, would you come and lead us in our closing prayer, please? Thank you for being here today. Heavenly Father, we gather today before you to ask you to forgive us for all the things that we've done that we shouldn't have done and the things that we didn't do that we should have done. Lead God and direct us in everything that we do. Make our lives show others that you are the way and you are the light. Be with us as we go through the rest of this day and this week. In Christ's name, amen. Amen. Contact information is as follows. Dr. Steve Wood, Pastor, phone or message at 6438-6541, email at steverwood002 at gmail.com. Prayer requests can be sent directly to hbcprayerlist2020 at gmail.com. Thank you, and God bless.